0: Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. In your Bibles, you can turn to Romans chapter 8 this evening. Praise the Lord. We'll study the Word of God for just a few moments. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. Yeah, we will. I just forgot about it, but we will do it. Everybody hold up your hand since you've already given your offering. (laughs) Say it with me. Ready? One, two, three. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the seed you placed in my hand. Willingly and obediently, I sow it into the kingdom of God, thanking you, Lord, that it comes back to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I claim every dime that I may need to meet my needs, and I claim increase, 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 and abundance above that. Devil, in the name of Jesus, get your hands off of my finances. Heavenly Father, I thank you according to your word. Angels are released on my behalf, bringing back to me that which my faith appropriates in Jesus' name. All my bills are paid. All my debts retired. We claim every dime we need to preach the gospel here on the island and around the world. Thank you, Lord, for our land and our building. Now, thank God right now for our land and building. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We rejoice. We rejoice. Thank you for that piece of land. We claim it, and every dime that we need to pay for it, in Jesus' name. Everyone says, praise God. Now, let's look here in Romans chapter 8 for just a few minutes tonight. It says in verse 26, Romans 8, 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit, see, that's capital S, so that means the Holy Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, a better translation to that is with groanings from the inside which cannot be articulated in the language you understand. Actually, the Scripture is talking about praying in the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, notice what it says here. It says, "...with groanings which cannot be uttered, and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints," I love this, "...according to the will of God." Now we've got verse 28, which is a scripture that's quoted out of context so often. It says, "...and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose." Now, there's a lot of people that take that scripture and lift it up out of the context, and they use it to to rationalize everything that they go through. Well, you know, uh, this broken leg, that's working together for my good. Uh, Well, this bankruptcy, that's working together for my good. Uh, Well, this uh, this, uh, thing that's going on in my family or this problem in my family, that's working together for my good. Now, here's the thing. God did not send that problem into your life for it to work together for your good. See, a lot of people, that's what they think. Well, God has sent that into my life to work together for my good uh, uh, so that, you know, I will be able. Hey, could y'all hold off on your housekeeping a little bit? We're trying to teach the Word here. Is that all right? Okay. So here's the deal. The, 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 The Word of God, the will of God are synonymous. The Word of God sets the standard for exactly that which God wants to do. So when you find out what the Word of God and the will of God is on the situation that you're going through, then you understand God did not put the problem in your life for it to work together for your good. So this scripture's taken out of context quite often. I heard a guy get up and testify one time, talked about a car wreck he was in, and went through the windshield and broke himself all up and got up and actually said, well, God allowed that so he could, so he could... Teach me about healing, teach me about this. Listen, you don't have to go to get in a car wreck to learn about healing. Amen. So now listen in the light of the two scriptures or three scriptures above it, listen to this. The Spirit helpeth our weakness or infirmities, for we know not what you pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them. Who is the them that is being talked about here? The them that's being talked about are the people that are praying in the Spirit. God is saying if you will learn to pray in the Spirit, then you can understand or realize no matter what circumstance, no matter what situation, no matter what problem comes your way, By you praying in the Spirit, God will take that by His Word or by His will and turn it around so that God will get the glory in your life and you will get the answer that you need. Uh, You know, the, the idea, and religion teaches it, and people teach it and people accept it all the time, that God uses problems to teach His people. Now, the problem with that is is that that doesn't line up with the Word. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, so that men and women of God may be perfected and thoroughly furnished. What perfects us is the Word. Let me say that again. What perfects us, we can just basically say it like this. What saves us is the Word. What heals us is the Word. What prospers us is the Word. What works together for our good is the word working on our behalf, getting out of the circumstance, getting us out of the circumstance or situation that the enemies attacked us with, that the world system has put us into, that our own mistakes have gotten us into. Anybody ever gotten yourself into something you needed God to get you out of? Well, that's exactly what it's talking about here. So praying in the spirit, if I say praying in the spirit, by praying in the spirit, you can always be assured that you're praying the will of God. Because by praying in the Spirit, you're praying the Word of God and the will of God and the Word of God are synonymous. How many want to know the will of God for your life? I mean, you want to know, what does God want me to do? Where does God want me to go? What does God want me to be? The best way to find that out is to pray in the Spirit, is to pray in the Holy Ghost. Because as you pray in the Spirit, it helps your what? Your infirmity or your weakness. Now listen to it in the Amplified. I like this in the Amplified. Listen to it in the Amplified. Verse uh, 26 in the Amplified. So too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid, bears us up in our weakness, for we do not know what prayer to offer nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. Now, have you ever been in that situation where you've thought, I ain't got a clue. How in the world am I going to pray over this situation? Man, this, the enemy's attacked my body with cancer or I've got this financial problem in my life or, or, or the enemy's coming against my family. How in the world, how am I going to, how am I going to pray? What am I going to pray? You ever been there? Thank God for the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that is a weakness when you do not know how to pray nor what to pray. The Holy Ghost on the inside of you raises up a standard through praying in the Spirit where you can be assured that what you're praying and how you're praying, you're praying in line with the will of God for your life to get you out of that situation. Now, now, now praying in the Spirit doesn't bring you faith. Let me say that again. I've heard people say, oh, Lord, Pastor, we ought to pray for a revival of faith. Well, that it doesn't come through prayer. I heard somebody say one time, we ought to pray for a baptism of love. It doesn't come, God doesn't send baptisms of love or revivals of faith. Those are fruits of the Spirit, the recreated human spirit. Therefore, what God desires us to do is to dig into the Word of God, find out what the Word says about the current situation we're involved in. Then, when we haven't got a clue of its application or even what the Word says, we pray in the Spirit so the Spirit can open our eyes to what the Word says. Have you ever heard us teach on the understanding? The difference between the intellect and the understanding. How the intellect desires explanations which are palatable to the mind that help the mind go, uh, I I like to say it like this, that help the mind go, ah. You ever needed that in your mind? You know, when you figured out one plus one was two, your mind went, ah, because it computes. It makes sense. Everybody say, makes sense. But the things of the spirit many times make no sense at all. Given to get. Given to give. You say, you mean I, I got to give away my money to get more? You give away. You give to get. Amen. All types of things. Not being, not being a, a, a good enough to go to heaven. You say, what do you mean by that? Not being good enough to go to heaven. Nobody ever is good enough. You've got to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior. I read something by somebody the other day talking about uh, 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 their desire to live a life worthy of the teachings of Jesus now listen to what they said I want to live a life worthy of the teachings of Jesus so that my life will parallel his so that the goodness that brought him into heaven will be the same goodness that brings me into heaven doesn't that sound spiritual Doesn't that sound good wrong I said wrong you can't live a life that parallels Jesus so that you can be good enough to go to heaven You've got to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. And when you accept Him as your Lord, and I, let me just, let's let just amplify that a little further. You can accept Him as your Lord, as your Savior, as your healer, as your baptizer in the Holy Ghost, as the one that prop, prospers your finances, as the one that delivers your soul from whatever you may be addicted or in bondage to, and from the one that gives you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. So we pray in the Spirit. We don't know how to pray or what to pray for. Now, many times in our lives, I mean, how do you start a church? How do you start a church? How do you have a conference? How do you go on a missions trip? How do you have a nursery? How do you have a sound system? Do you know how many questions are connected to what we're doing right here? Where do you get carpet? How do you buy a ceiling? Where do you get air conditioning? Come on, church. Do you know how many questions are connected to just what we're doing right here today? You say, well, how did we get all those questions answered? We prayed in the Holy Ghost. We prayed in the Spirit and then followed that direction in which the Spirit led. Now, you take some, there's other issues in life. Everybody say other issues. When I got married to Leah, my first question was, how am I going to stay married? Amen. I had to pray in the Holy Ghost. Leah was sure I was going to beat her. And I've only done it, what, four times? <laughs> Amen. I did give her one spanking. I did. i tell you, she didn't believe I'd do it, and I did it. I saw John Wayne do it on uh, Donovan's Reef. And I thought, bless God, what's good for John Wayne is good for me. And Leah dared me. This is, We weren't even married yet. We weren't even married. And she didn't think I'd give her a spanking, so I bent her over my knee and gave her a good spanking, and she beat the tar out of me. I had scratch marks on my arm. I still got scars from those scratch marks on my arm 28 years later. Amen. No, I had to pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I'm married. Help me, Jesus. It's that woman you gave me. She keeps bringing me these apples. (laughs) Just kidding. Amen. No, I had to pray in the Spirit over our finances. We had to pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Spirit. There were times it looked like we were not going to have enough to pay our bills. We had to learn to trust God. How do you do that? By praying in the Spirit. Because the more you progress in life, the more questions life affords you. Then we we got Breland. You talk about praying in the Holy Ghost. You talk about praying in the Spirit. I was still a kid. I didn't want Leah to have to raise two of them. Amen. So we started, we started praying because we'd met your children. <laughs> yeah, we, had, we met Sarah and Natalie, and we said, man, we better pray in the Holy Ghost so we can figure out how this thing works. Amen. So we started praying, praying in the Spirit in our field ministry. We didn't know how to go into the field We didn't know what to do. I mean, I remember preaching some revivals and just kind of getting going about a year or two after Lee and I were married and and we needed people to come work for us and different things and and scheduling was an issue and people wanting to come this and that and so I I was preaching in the same church every year that Jesse Duplantis was preaching in and Jesse Duplantis you know he's all flamboyant evangelist kind of guy and all this kind of stuff and so I asked him the question I said Jesse how do you handle your schedule how does that all work for you he said well bless God I tell you God called me to preach and I went into my living room and I looked at the telephone and I said ring in the name of you He said, that phone started ringing. ain't quit ringing yet. So I went home to my phone. And And I said, ring. And it didn't ring. 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 And I said, ring. And it rang. And it was my mother. She used to call me every day. Amen. That didn't work for me. So we had to start praying in the Spirit. We had to start praying in the Holy Ghost. Lord, how do we do this? How do we step through the doors that are open? How do we handle the finances of a ministry? How do we do these things? Because you can read every book, and all the books are is ways other people have applied them to their situation, but every situation is different. Every person is different. Every church is different. Every marriage is different. Every kid you raise is different. And if you think you can cookie-cut your life based on somebody's book that they wrote, you'll find out you can't do it. But there is a book that's full of life. There is a book that's full of power. There is a book that has wisdom and knowledge that by the Spirit of God, who is the teacher on the inside of you, it will show you exactly how to do it. Amen. How many have ever had any weakness in spiritual things? Now notice this. Let's, Let's look at it one more time. It says that he that searcheth the hearts Knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession. Everybody say intercession. Now, the Spirit of God and Jesus both together are in a ministry of intercession. Now, the word intercession may sound very spiritual, very, you know, what does that mean? It literally means a go-between. A go-between. Now, isn't that neat that you understand that when you pray in other tongues, when you pray in, in the Spirit, the Bible says it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my Spirit, by the Holy Spirit prayeth, that when you do that, the Spirit of God, kind of like see it in the Spirit, joins hands with you and brings you into unity and agreement of what the will of God is for the situation that you're praying over many times here at church with people that come to us with problems, people that we counsel, people that we talk, how do we pray for how do you pray for that? Well, we start praying in the spirit. And as we pray in the spirit, many times, I know there's been I don't know how many times I could I could I could uh, uh, account that this has happened people would say well we need to talk to you or we need to counsel with you and, and i knew that they had a big problem in their life and so, so i'd be praying and maybe there was a sunday or a wednesday or maybe a wednesday or a wednesday night or something before the time we were going to talk to them and i would just pray in the holy ghost and then i'd get up and teach or preach something something and then i meet them out in the in the foyer and they'd say well we don't need that counseling session anymore we don't need to come talk to you anymore of what you taught today, what you taught last Sunday, what you taught last week, is exactly what we needed to hear. Therefore, we really don't need to come and talk to you privately because God answered us by the Spirit through what you taught and preached today. How many of you have ever had that happen to you? Isn't that good? That's exactly how God wants to do it. You say, why? Because when God does it that way, He gets all the glory. You know that God has spoken to you. You know that God has intervened in the circumstance or the situation that you're involved in. Then we get to the Scripture, and we know. Let's read that in the Amplified. Let me find it real quick. We're assured and know God being a partner in our labor. Oh, I like that. We are assured and know that God being a partner in our labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to His design and purpose. Now, we've got a couple of minutes. You want to do this real quick? Because you go down and you read those two scriptures and everybody just goes, oh man, what does that mean? Now listen to what it says after. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them also he called. Whom he called, them also he justified. Whom he justified, them also he glorified. What shall we say then? To these things, if God be for us, who can be against us? Now, right there, people have taken these scriptures out of context and created a whole doctrine called Calvinism. Several denominations in Christianity today have their basis in these scriptures. Calvinism is the doctrine of predestination. That, well, you know, I'm called, you're not. I'm going to heaven, you're not. God foreknew, God predestined, and that's not what it's talking about because the doctrine of Calvinism brings into, uh, brings into I'm not going to call it light, but they say brings into knowledge everything that happens in your life. That means that, well, here's this person over here, and God knew them before they were born, and God predestined them to walk this path. Now, I've heard this preached and heard this taught. Now, that path for them it's going to be, you know, they're going to be born into a good family. They're going to be born into a good nation. They're going to be afforded food. They're going to be afforded clothing. They're going to be loved and nurtured. They're going to enter into a specific profession. Uh, they're going to grow in life. Uh, they're going to be blessed. But now there's this other person now over here. God predestined them to be born in a third world country, uh, to be born to just a single mother, Uh, to have all kinds of problems and circumstances and situations. And this one is going to go to heaven, and this one's going to go to hell because God called this one and not that one. Listen, that is totally against the grain of the love of God. The Bible says, Whosoever should call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is for every person on the planet. God did not predestine one group and said to the other group, Tough luck. But this scripture must mean something then if it doesn't mean that. Are you right? So what does it mean? Okay, let's look at it. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son. Which means every person that desires to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's all the whosoevers that call on the name of the Lord. That means it's not God's choice, it's your choice. So if you make the decision to call on the name of the Lord, God already knew that. You say, then God does know those that get saved and those that don't get saved. Let me just say it this way. There's certain information that God chooses to know and other information that God chooses not to to know. God has laid up on the church, given the mandate to the church to go out and preach the gospel to the world. There is the potential for every person on the planet to get born again. But once you're born again, God says, I prete—I knew that. I knew you'd get born again. So I've already laid out a plan for your life. And that plan is to be what? Conformed into the image of my son. Blood bought, redeemed, healed in your body, prospered in your finance, blessed. All you put your hand to prospers. Now you can either cooperate with what God has already planned for you or you can go your own way. And the problem with a lot of people is they just go their own way. They get saved for heaven, but they live in hell on earth. God's already predestined for you blessings, healing for your body, all of the things you desire and need. But it remains on the path of righteousness. You say, what do you mean? It means there is a way you should walk, a way you should go in discovering the will of God for your life, That on the path, I guarantee you, if I would not have served God the way I was supposed to serve God, I would have never met Leah. I would have never went into field ministry. I would have never started Island Church. I would have never obeyed God. I would never have known you. We would. God could have raised up somebody else to do this. I don't know, but I had to serve God the way He wanted me to serve Him. Man, I was just willing to go out and be a janitor at a church. I mean, I wasn't looking to preach. I wasn't looking to be a pastor. I wasn't looking to be in the ministry. I was just willing to be a janitor and a fishing guide and a hunting guide and just go out and live good and just, just, you know, do the will of God, not be involved in sin or anything like that, support my pastor, do all that. But God said, no, i got another path you're supposed to walk. And on that path, I've got a wife for you. On that path, I'll show you the nations of the world. On that path, you'll experience science and wonders and miracles. On that path, you'll get revelation knowledge. On that path, you'll handle millions of dollars. On that path, you'll meet thousands and thousands of people. On that path, you'll get to build a church and no telling what else God has for me in the future. I'm going to find out what it is. I'm going to stay on the path of righteousness. Think about David. He's the one that wrote, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He was anointed king as a young boy, but he had to get on the right path. And sometimes that path didn't look too good. Sometimes he was running from Saul. Sometimes he was hiding in caves. Sometimes he came back to his home, like at Ziklag, and found everything burned and gone. But he stayed on that path and stayed on that path. And he still, when he became king, he just started being king over a certain part of Israel. It took him seven years to actually enter into Jerusalem and unite the entire nation. But he stayed on that path. He stayed on that path. So God has predestined a path for you to be on. Oh, I wish I'd have done it earlier. I wish I'd have done it. I wish I'd have done it at 17 instead of 27. I wish I wouldn't have wasted 10 years doing my own thing. Man, I got on my own path, it was a mess. I got on my own path, it was nothing but heartache. I got on my own path, it was nothing but destruction. My finances, my relationships, everything I put my hand to did not prosper. Everything I put my hand to was destroyed. You say, why? Because there is a path of light. There is a path of life. There is a path of righteousness. There is a path of blessing. But there's your own path also. So, those that he did predestined, he also uh, 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 he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son. Why? That he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them also he called. Everybody say, "I'm called." Say, "I'm called." I'm called. Whom he called, them also he justified. Say, "I'm justified." You say, "What does that mean?" Justified, never sinned. Just as i never disobeyed God. Just as i never been estranged from Him in any way. Amen. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. That means there is a progression from being called to entering into justification, which means you walk the path of God because you're right with him. You don't pull back because of sin. You don't pull back because of intimidation. You're on that path of righteousness. You pray in the Spirit. You know that God has a plan for you. And God says, when you walk like that, no matter what happens in your life, I'll turn it to your good. We walked into this church in September. It'll be almost, what, six years here in a few days. We walked into this church, and I looked around and saw this thing blown totally apart. Everything in it destroyed and thought, how in the world could God ever work this together for our good? Some of you that, that, that saw it, I looked around and said, how could, the, how could any good, How could any good come out of this? Well, I guarantee you, God showed us. God showed us so much glory in that. He provided every dime we needed to rebuild it. This place became a hub of activity. Thousands upon thousands of meals were served to people. We prayed over hundreds of people that came into the parking lot. We gave away water and clothes and food. And by the time it was all over, the reputation of our church was elevated to a place we'd have never got to unless that storm would have hit. And God worked to good for our good everything the enemy tried to use to destroy us. The same thing's true in your life. God didn't send that storm but he knew it was coming. I said, God didn't send that storm, but he knew it was coming. In your life, you may be going through a storm right now of sickness, of disease, of an attack upon your body, an attack upon your mind, your family, your finances. God didn't send that storm, but he knew it was coming. And the way you're going to get out of that is by praying in the Spirit. And by praying in the Spirit, you'll be determined how to pray and what to pray to get God's provision and God's glory into your situation. Amen. You love the Lord tonight. Lift your hands and worship him. Father, we worship you. Lord, we praise your name. We glorify you tonight. Yeah, go, go play just softly there for a moment, Frank. We glorify your name. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Now, somebody said a lady, some ladies came that were battling cancer. Are you here? Now, who is that? Is that? Do you mind if I pray for you? Come on up here. Come on up here. Does she understand? Uh, she, does she speak? Does she speak English okay? Now come stand right here. Uh, now tell me what they've told you. Come here, Leah. Come here, sweetheart. This is my wife. Tell me what they've told you. Okay, where at? And where in your body? And your ovaries. Okay, we're going Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? He is. Well, how about tonight? We make him not just Lord, not just Savior, but Healer. Acts 10.38 is a scripture that I want you to go look at. Do you have a Bible? I want you to go look at it in your Bible and think about it meditate on it. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That's what it says in Acts 10.38. So you must understand that this cancer is not God. God didn't put cancer on you. If, if, where would He get it to give it to you? He don't have it. But this cancer is an attack of your adversary, the devil, who's the the adversary of all mankind. But the Bible says that Jesus took stripes on his back to purchase our healing. That's not just our spiritual healing. That's also our physical healing. Jesus instructed us as the church to lay hands on the sick, the Bible says, and they will recover. Now, if you've come by faith, we'll minister to you by faith and believe God that that cancer will leave your body in Jesus' name. Will you agree with that tonight? How many in here will agree? Look at all almost 100 people right there agreeing with you tonight. Father, we lay hands on her right now. We speak to the cancer in her body, that which is trying to take up residence in her ovaries. We say in the name of Jesus, cancer, leave her body now in Jesus' name. You foul spirit of cancer which has tried to draw existence and life from her. We cancel your assignment against her in the name of Jesus. And Heavenly Father, we obey your son Jesus, the head of the church. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that he instructed us to lay hands on those that are attacked in such manner. And that if we do that by faith and believe, that you, Lord, would do a miracle in their body. So we're asking tonight for that miracle to manifest in this precious daughter. And we thank you in the name of Jesus that your healing power is released in her body right now from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet destroying every cancer cell in her body causing her body to respond to the anointing and to rise up in divine health and healing now father we give you thanks for that in Jesus name from now on we want to ask you we want petition for healing but we will just rejoice that the work has been done we thank you heavenly father for it I rebuke the fear that has tried to get upon her through words that have been said, tests that, she's had to been, uh, tests that she's had to take, the intimidation of all that goes on in the medical field. Lord, you know we're not against doctors. We're not against treatment in any way. But Father, she seeks a higher power and a greater anointing than that which medicine can provide. And I thank you, Father, that she's spared all the treatment and that which she would have to go through by your healing virtue touching her body now And doctors testifying to that which you have done, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord. We believe we receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. All right? All right. We receive in Jesus' name. Everybody lift your hands and thank God with her. Come on, lift your hands and thank God with her. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, come on and rejoice with her tonight. Oh, we thank you, Father, for healing in her body. We thank you for healing in her body. Come on, everybody rejoice with her. Stand on your feet and rejoice tonight. Stand on your feet and rejoice tonight. Come into agreement with her, with your praise and with your worship. Oh, we agree, Lord God, with her faith tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship, we glorify, we exalt your name, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. God. Thank you, Lord God. I want every person in here that's been healed of cancer to raise your hand up. Praise God. Now, see, I want you to just see all these hands. Young lady, look. See all these people raising them. These are people that have been healed of cancer. Isn't that good? I just wanted you to see that tonight. Amen. We're standing with you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, as we depart for tonight, thank you for such a wonderful day in your presence. Thank you for your saving power, your healing power. Your restoring power, your power to prosper, your power to bless. So we leave tonight as always. We never take it for granted. We always walk in the application of your word in our lives as a congregation. Thanking you, Father, in our travels and in our work, we are blessed and protected by God Almighty. Declaring your word over us that there shall no evil befall us neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place, rejoicing that you, Lord, give your angels charge over us, thanking you, Heavenly Father, that whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, or the railways, whether we work in the medical field, whether we work up in the oil field, the educational field, or wherever we may find our righteous labor, we are protected and blessed. Angels are encamped round about us. Lord, as we leave tonight, thank you for doors of utterance given to each and every one of us to go forth into community to be an answer to prayer, a problem to the adversary, a miracle in somebody else, else's life, and to be a blessing everywhere we go. We leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you, Lord. We leave tonight walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be, thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost, God bless you, we'll see you midweek Thank you for joining us today We trust that you enjoyed the podcast For service times and special events Visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com You can contact us by phone At 409-770-9113 We are located at 2411 69th Street Galveston, Texas And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.